as we sit here today, watching what's happening in the wrestling landscape, there's WWE cooking on all cylinders, shows are selling out months in advance. I'm on a waiting list desperate to get an Elimination Chamber ticket and be one of the 75,000 in the stadium in Perth for Elimination Chamber. Kevin's got his Royal Rumble tickets. You've got shows in a month, two months, Smackdowns, house shows, having extra tickets being added because they're selling out. That's WWE. Meanwhile, in AEW, we've discussed some of this already, Kevin. We've discussed the buy one, get one free tickets. We've discussed the new era and Adam Copeland and all this. Today, we are definitively tripling down on all of it. There's a bunch of stuff we're going to go through. Should be around 50-ish minutes today, hopefully, just to the point. This is what you need to know. We're titling this The WWE Has Broken Tony Khan, which is a pretty big title. But after recent events, last month, two months particularly, and where things look to be going, this seems very fair in my opinion. So, Kevin, firstly, how you doing, pal? I'm good, pal. I, I can't wait to discuss this. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Some will say this is going to be a hit job on Tony Khan. I, don't, I wouldn't say so. The questions we got are outrageous and fair and justified, as we'll get to. Um, but Kevin, I'm just going to we're just going to cut to the chase here. This past week on Dynamite, we were gifted with Ric Flair on AEW. Now, to, that sounds like a sentence I'd be saying about TNA Impact in 2012. A sentence I'd be saying about. WWE in 2019, WWE in 2021, but we're saying it about AEW. Uh, so, Kevin, you've watched the segment. Uh, just generally, give us your reaction to the segment and just your thoughts on Ric Flair being in the main storyline AEW going in 2024. So, I'm watching this and I'm like, okay, this is Sting. What a legend. All right. Oh, here comes Ric Flair, Richard Flair, a man with a, with a ton of allegations against him, tons of crazy stories, a, a man who has been there, done it all, a legend of this business, somebody that we both had in the Mount Rushmore range when we did our top 50 of all time professional wrestlers. You had him, you had him five, I had him two. This is the second greatest wrestler of all time, in my opinion. Carry on. Yeah, he's objectively top five. Objectively, pal. So here's the thing, right? It, TNA Impact... They went on a, 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 what, like a three, was it three? Yeah, they were around for three, four years. They brought in Kurt Angle. That was a big splash. And then they brought in Hogan and Bischoff, and everything just went off the rails. And that was it. Then you had Hogan, Bischoff, Flair running wild, Sting, RVD, Scott Steiner, Booker T. It was just like all ex-WWE guys in, in TNA. And that's where we are now with AEW. AEW, they had, they kind of went on the same, like, kind of path that impacted. They started out hot, fresh. They brought in Punk, a big splash, big star signing, and then Tony Khan fired Punk because he put a he put Luke Perry's son in a headlock and, and a monitor fell and he was scared for his life. So Tony Khan fired him with cause, and then to fix that, you know, because Tony Khan was like, oh man, I don't need CM Punk. I got Adam Copeland. Brings in Adam Copeland. Quickly, he finds out that Adam Copeland, he's not built, at this stage in his career, he's not built to run a company, to be the face of a company. It's similar to Jericho. Let's be honest. Edge, Jericho, those guys, they were great in WWE, great hands, great coils in the machine, but they are not top guys, you know? So now he's scrambling now just to get any kind of attention. He has Sting, 
uh, announced his retirement. They're pimping out Sting's retirement to try to get people's interest to draw whatever they want to draw, YouTube numbers, the demographic. I'm not sure what they're going for. Now to further the pimping of Sting's retirement, Ric Flair comes out and he's like, oh, I'm going to be with you this whole run, pal. I'm going to be with you up until Revolution 2024 for your retirement. So now AEW's new era is Ric Flair, Sting, and Adam Copeland. That, that's the new era. Um, yeah, that RVD was on the show at like 53. The Hardy Boys had a match. Yeah, the Hardy Boys, like, it's just all the old action figures getting dusted off the shelf, throw them in the ring and just have a fight. That's kind of where we are now. And like seeing Ric Flair, I didn't even really have any thoughts about it, honestly. Like, I know I'm kind of dodging that question because I just don't know what to say. There's not, what is there to say? Ric Flair came out, cut a pretty good promo. And that's fine. Like, it's not going to change my life. It's not going to make me want to watch wrestling or watch AEW more than I, like, already do, which is not a lot. I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, I got to be home on Wednesday night, 8 o'clock. Got to catch that Ric Flair promo next week. It's not doing it for me. The AEW is completely just driven off the rails on what they were, like, this whole counterculture thing. But, yeah, that's all I got. Well, Kevin, I'll double down on the, the segment itself. <clears throat> so I was watching this, and we've had these discussions for months about how, I mean, the positioning of these legends, because you've got this segment where you've got Tony Schiavone, Sting, Ric Flair, and Christian, who are all well-established, well-tenured wrestlers. And they've got these other guys. You've got Darby Allens in the ring, sort of just standing there. Luchasaurus was, you know, being a lackey for Christian during his promo. And I guess the thinking and what we've been told from some comments and just generally some feedback is that I guess that makes Luchasaurus, Darby Allen, those guys seem more important. I don't know. I watched this segment and I was like, how? Exactly. I'm watching it going, okay, so so Sting's 64 and announcing his retirement and he's going to retire in a few months. Tony Schiavone, who's been around since the dawn of time. Ric Flair, who's 74 but sounds 110. He sounds... He, like he's beyond death. He sounds that old. And as we know with Ric Flair, his lifestyle the last 55 years, he's lived about four lives in one. So Ric Flair, he's done that much. There's allegations. But beyond that, there's a legendary career, yada, yada. He sounds legitimately unwell. He sounds that old. He's 74. He should not be on television. He no. just should not be. No. That's the simple put. If Ric Flair's last match wasn't enough to tell you this guy is just done, just that no more of Ric Flair. I guess that was enough for Tony Khan because Tony Khan thought, I'm going to pick up the phone and call Ric Flair, who, Kevin, I thought, was it him or was it Hulk Hogan or was it both who were banned from AEW like two years ago? Was yeah, that a thing I, I that thought Flair was because there was rumors that Flair was going to like present the AEW title at the first double or nothing, but they ended up doing getting Bret Hart. But nevertheless, I'm going to ask you this question. Serious question yeah. now. We're getting very serious yeah. here. That's what we do. We're a serious professional wrestling podcast. Yeah. Has Ric Flair's appearance in AEW dropped him on your all-time ranking list? And he was number two. You had him right there behind Terry Bollea. You got Steve Austin at three. Yep. And did did, a, did a, an AEW intern creating a, a graphic with Ric Flair on it for appearing on Dynamite next week, did that affect where he's ranked all-time? Kevin, I'll say this. I ranked Ric Flair at number two with everything we know about Ric Flair's last match, with the TNA run that just was awful, with his tour against Hulk Hogan where they're having matches and they're both like 60 in 2010, I ranked Ric Flair at number two through all that. This one segment 
isn't enough to drop him alone. But I have the feeling after this four-month run where he's going to appear most weeks by the sounds of it alongside Sting, alongside Darby Allen, alongside Tony Schiavone in this feud against Christian Luchasaurus and whatever the hell they're doing, I've got a feeling Ric Flair is going to be out of the Mount Rushmore because I had him number two. This could well drop him in my, in my honest, objective eyes below Stone Cold Steve Austin, below John Cena. Wow. This could well move The Undertaker, Mark Calloway up to the fourth spot and Ric Flair down to five like you had, something similar like that. Because, Kevin, I, I watched that segment alone. I was like, oh, my God. I was sitting there. It was 12 minutes. I watched this segment three times because I'm th- sitting there thinking, what the F am I watching? I won't use the actual the F word I use there, but I was saying it out loud. I'm like, what am I watching? Christian Cage was the saving grace of it because Christian is just the best thing AW has going on. I think near enough objectively now. He's just carrying this segment, making this mess seem entertaining. MJF, and just real quick on MJF, the the world champion, they're doing MJF versus Kenny Omega like today or yesterday. or like They're just doing that match. It's the Sonic Collision tonight. That's just happening. Yeah. Because, okay... I figured that match is like the one of the biggest ones you could do. I would have figured and world champion MJF versus Kenny Omega. Well, that, that tells you that Kenny Omega's washed. That's all it is. They, Kenny Omega doesn't believe in himself, I guess, at this point to have a match at a big pay-per-view. That, that's what I get from it. But um, just to stay on this Flair ranking thing for yeah. a moment, yeah. then we'll go to the next question. Yeah. I, I have Flair at number five for all those things you mentioned. The TNA run, the, the last match. All the things that he's done the past, like, what, since he retired? Years. Yeah, the past 15 years, years since he retired. Yeah. If he had left his career in 2008, WrestleMania 24, he'd be top three all time for me, you know? Yeah. Um, it would be, it'd be Hogan, Austin, Flair. But you, you stay around too long, like, that, that's got to count for something, you know? Yeah. Like, he's 74 and still making appearances, which is cool. You know, I mean, Steve Austin, Undertaker, The Rock, all those guys would be making appearances till they're dead. You know, so I'm not going to penalize Flair for cutting a promo on AEW. This doesn't do anything for me yet. Now, if, if he gets in the ring and has, like, a tag team match with Sting and Darby Allin to face Luchasaurus, Christian, whoever they, they want to bring as their six men, I might have taken him off the top five, honestly. But out of respect for everything he's done in his prime as the face of the NWA, his run in WWE, all, everything he means to the business, I, I think he's still top five. And, well, Kevin, one more thing on that before we move on. The, the, the big thing with that segment, they're going to do this six-man tag match. It's going to be Christian, Luchasaurus, and the other guy with them against Sting at 64, Darby Allen, and a, a mystery third man, which will probably be Adam Copeland, yeah. realistically. Or maybe it's someone, maybe it's a young star, not with 2023 Tony Khan. It'll be Adam Copeland. What will probably happen, it seems like Ric Flair will get involved in the ending. Ric Flair will get in the ring. There'll be a ref bump. He'll be chopping, doing his struts, doing some woos. Probably beats up Christian and that decides a match. I don't know, Kevin. As far as the direction of a company, and we'll get to this in the next, you know, 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, troublesome. Um, I'll ask you on that. And you, you touched on this a minute ago, but I just want to just bluntly ask you. When CM Punk was fired three, two, three months ago, and Tony Khan promised a new era begins at Wrestle Dream, a new era for AEW, we're putting the CM Punk stuff behind us, it's a new era. Could you have imagined that what he meant by that was Adam Copeland at 49, not even Edge, Adam Copeland and Ric Flair at 74 involved in the main storyline. Could, could you have imagined that's where Tony Khan was going to go with it? 
Yeah, honestly, no. I did. I honestly was not thinking that. Like, I knew Adam Copeland was coming in. We all knew that. Like, when, as soon as the rumors came out that he didn't re-sign with WWE, it's like, okay, he's going to AEW. Okay, cool. Did not really see Ric Flair coming. Did not see Sting, his retirement announcement being pimped out. Like, I get it. Okay, he deserves a retirement tour. I understand that, you know. But, I mean, he's been with AEW for, like, five years. You know, he could have done the retirement tour when he first came in. I, I digress. Now, <clears throat> Yeah, the new era, like, I don't know. I was thinking, okay, we'll see MJF versus some young guys. You know, we'll build up some new talent. And we'll have the young guys be the focus, you know? The young guys will be the focus. And we'll have Sting and Adam Copeland and Ric Flair as, like, the cherry on top to, to help boost up the young guys. But instead, you know, MJF's just in the middle of the show. And, like, 8.45, he comes out. Uh, he's having quarters thrown at him by, uh, uh, what's his name, Juice Robinson. You know, uh, Tony Khan is effectively offending millions of people around the world in a throwaway segment to a match that doesn't mean anything in the long run. Uh, Jay White, what is Jay White and MJF going to mean for the bottom line in AEW when MJF's uh, sitting across from Nick Khan in three or four months signing a multi-million dollar contract? So, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's why MJF's not being pimped out for the new era. Maybe that's what it is. Like, Tony Khan already knows that he's he's dipping, he's gone. But realistically, like... They have no new stars to look forward to, to build up. I mean, Ricky Starks, just whatever he had, whatever stock he had is through the roof after after he shot at Adam Copeland and went off the script. So, yeah. you know, well, I Cody, don't know. And, and I saw there was a tweet about this, and this made the rounds, and just generally this sentiment is what we've been saying for a long time and what's been said for a while. We earlier discussed who were the main really focuses of Dynamite realistically, and for this one, Ric Flair... Sting, Adam Copeland, generally now, Christian Cage, although he deserves it, he's genuinely really good, Rob Van Dam, the Hardy Boys getting tag team, like, primetime matches in 2023. What about the guys who I thought they were pushing? I mean, a guy like, I mean, Daniel Garcia, is he Dwayne The Rock Johnson? No, but is he a younger talent, someone who was getting pushed or getting some TV time and now hasn't had a singles match on Dynamite since May? Okay, what what about this this that Takashita guy? I remember watching All In that six man tag match that went on second in the show. It was like Omega and the Young Bucks against you know Takashita and uh, Bullet Club Gold, and I was like, okay, like I'm not super impressed by this one guy, but I mean this is at least someone that seems like they're trying to push. Hasn't had a singles match on Dynamite since June, apparently. And like it's it's stuff like that. It, it's this this action figure. I'm bored of these guys. Throw them out. Oh, there's a Ric Flair action figure now. That's what's wrong with this company. It's the fact that you know a guy like take your pick. You know, even younger Willie Uders, anyone. Swerve Strickland's legitimately good. He's getting some shine at the moment, as he should. But how long, Kevin, until Tony Khan goes, eh, Strickland, whatever. Oh, oh, is is that Lars Sullivan? Is that Goldberg? And just forgets about Swerve Strickland. Goldberg. Which, Kevin, this leads me to another bit, or a bit I have now, which I want your, I'd, I'd love to know your take on this. We're now going to debut a segment on this show. Not really a segment, but just a bit. I'm calling this Tony Khan limbo. How low can Tony Khan go? Wow. Kevin, in recent weeks, I consider yeah. Adam Copeland Edge isn't isn't much of it that's that's not bad it's adam copeland we all love adam copeland he's a cool guy great talent legend adam copeland that's fine then you do rick flair 
That drops the bar, okay? That, that, that's, that's poor form. That is poor from Tony Khan, almost objectively. It got unanimously trashed on Wrestling X, got trashed across the, the interwebs of wrestling, except in the comment section of the YouTube clip, Kevin, which was all positive. Hmm, funny that. I wonder if Tony Khan and his, his well, he accused WWE of having bots months and years ago with their comments. Seems it was a bit odd that there were no negative comments I could find on that YouTube clip of the Ric Flair Sting segment. Hmm, interesting. Funny that, Tony. Hmm. That being said, Kevin, Ric Flair, the bar drops. Where to from here? It seems now obvious there was a tease. It felt like the Goldberg is going to be one of the next ones to come in. Goldberg, potentially. Tony Khan loved WCW growing up. There's been big things of Tony Schiavone, Sting, Ric Flair, all this WCW flavor. I think Goldberg's going to be soon. So if they do Goldberg, what next from there? Hulk Hogan? We've already seen Ric Flair. What says Hogan's off limits? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't Tony Khan do Hulk Hogan? He's brought in Ric Flair at 74. Is Hulk Hogan off limits? So right there, that's, you know, Goldberg would be a rung blow Ric Flair, I think. Hogan would be a rung blow that. How, how low can Tony Khan go? Will Tony Khan go to Ronda Rousey? Ronda Rousey, Kevin, and, and this was news to me. This was sent to me, Kevin. Ronda Rousey is wrestling for the wrestling revolver Unreal yeah. in some... California, like indie fed. So Ronda Rousey's working, working the wrestling pal. Is Tony Khan going to go there? Is Tony Khan going to go to Ronda Rousey? Or better yet, Kevin, is he going to go lower? Is he going to go to a guy like a Lars Sullivan to give them a real hit, a real punch in the mid card? Is that how low Tony Khan can go? Or finally, will Tony Khan go to the lowest of the low, the scum of just wrestling? the pure scum, Alberto, El Patron, Del Rio, a literal human scumbag. Will he go that low? Kevin, who knows? Because Tony Khan, he's bringing in the Jeff Hardy and the Hardy boys. He's bringing in well, Adam Copeland, who is I mean, he's just a better human than all these other people, but 49-year-old Adam Copeland, Ric Flair at 74. What now? Goldberg, Hogan, Rousey, Sullivan, Del Rio. Kevin, I ask you, how low will Tony Khan go? Um, I would hope he would not bring in Alberto Del Rio <laughs> or Lars Sullivan. That would be like, I don't know. That, that, I mean, that would be damage control. At, like at that point, he's lost his mind. If he's bringing in Lars Sullivan or Alberto Del Rio, like that would be negative points. Like he'd be in the ground, like penetrating the earth at that point of how low he is on the moral scale, on just business sense from a financial standpoint like i don't know that i mean at that point like if i was working at aew right i'm working in the office as like a like a graphic designer or something or i'm, or I'm uploading clips on youtube I'm, I'm that guy doing that job and i see alberto del rio coming in i'm 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 done i'm quitting i'll find a new job this company's going under immediately like that at that point oh man yeah it's over it's just like just get in a ship like, I don't know. Let's get off the ship and it's sinking at that point. I don't well, know. But Kevin, just, just on, one more thing on that before we move on. It, the fact that it's gotten to this point already, yeah. th this is the sort of thing we would talk about with Vince McMahon for years. You know, he's just going to forget about the younger talent, forget about guys who are going to be the next stars, and they'll just bring in Goldberg again. Or they'll bring in Hogan again. 
They'll all push on to Rousey instead of the rest of the women. Oh, they'll, yeah, that's what they do. And, you know, I mentioned Del Rio, hopefully as a joke, but after what we've seen, those guys we mentioned, who knows? I, oh, I think... The, I think I Ronda Rousey is probably the most realistic out of those four yeah. names that you threw out there, or five names, I should say. Yeah. Ronda Rousey is probably the most realistic. I, I don't know if he'd go there with Goldberg, though it would be interesting to see all the people that hate Goldberg all of a sudden love him. Yeah. It's literally the AEW fan base, that core fan base that was so vocal in their hatred for Goldberg and... 2016, yeah. 17, 18, 19, I guess early 2020 as well. So it'd be interesting to see that how that dynamic would work, where you have those like those fans that are just, what's the word, like the most disenfranchised, the most like feeding off negativity, like you got those kind of people. And then you see Goldberg come out there. Like, let's say he comes out, he spears MJF, and mm. it's like, all right, we got Bill Goldberg, MJF, that's going to be headlining whatever, Double or Nothing 2024. I can see it now. All the people be like, yeah, I love this. This is big for AEW, big exposure for MJF, working with a big star like Goldberg. But I don't think Tony Khan would go there. I think Ronda Rousey. You don't? You don't? I don't you think don't? so. I, I, I do. I do. I can say that. And Kevin, as you say, the same people who, who would be like, yeah, Goldberg, MJF, that's a big time match. These same people are ones who, when Goldberg would spear Bray Wyatt and beat him, F Goldberg, F Vince McMahon, I hate WWE, AW is what I've needed in my life. The same people. And Kevin, one more thing on the how low can Tony Khan go. Out of the ones I listed, I see Goldberg within the coming months. Because, I mean, Tony Khan loves old WCW guys. I see Hogan. Kevin, I see a segment, February 2024. It's on Dynamite. You've got the closing shot. It's going to be Ric Flair, Sting, and I'll have Darby Allen standing behind them so you can't even see him. And then you'll have the guys are standing across from, you'll have Hulk Hogan, and then you'll have Goldberg. And it'll be like, oh my God, WCW, WCW, when half the guys are in their 70s, one of them's 64, and the other one's Goldberg's like 50, 57. All right, so Kevin, that being said, that's, that's how low you can go. I just want to ask you, just going back to Dynamite, just AW generally, what they're doing right now, because we can jump in the future and how low Tony Khan can go. We'll get there. We'll, we'll get to that bridge when we get there. But the fact of the matter is, Kevin, this past Dynamite, I want your thoughts because the fact is an AW Dynamite with Ric Flair, Kazuchika Okada, the biggest star in New Japan last 15 years, and MJF, it got beaten in ratings by an NXT which had five women's matches on it. And that's not, not taking away from the NXT women, but I would figure Ric Flair, Okada, and MJF could get more views than a bunch of women's matches on NXT, but I guess not. Um, thoughts on that? Anything on that or just... Yeah, I mean, it's the only thing I'll say this about Okada, NJPW is a dying brand. You know, they, they have a show in like Vegas or something in, in the next few months or weeks, and it's sold like 700 tickets in like a 10,000-seat arena. I mean, they've, they've been dead, and at least in America, they've been a dead brand since Kenny Omega left. Um... So Okada, I mean, putting him up there with like Flair and MJF is like rating ratings getters. Not at this stage. Like 2020, yeah, Okada would have been a big deal. Okada would have popped a decent rating. But I'm not all that surprised right now. NXT is putting on a good product. That's just what it is. AEW is uh, is not at the moment. They're not putting on a good product. So yeah, uh, I'll just well, leave so it I'll at that. on that because it sort of, it sort of just is what it is. Like the, it wasn't like it was a landslide or anything, yeah. but it was like NXT got more views. And that, it weird. just shouldn't. Yeah, it's just weird. It just, 
the fact of the matter is you watch Dynamite and they're in these big arenas. They've got these big names. These wrestlers who have made it in wrestling or guys like MJF who within two years will be main eventing Summer Slams, like that sort of thing. And you're watching and going, oh, and then you, you turn to NXT, which yes, is a, is a much better product just objectively. But you know, it's in a much smaller arena. A bunch of the wrestlers you barely know. They, they're very new. They're still learning wrestling generally. And that's just beating in ratings, which is just it's a testament to NXT, what Shawn Michaels and the crew are doing there, which I just want to say one more thing. Becky Lynch was, you know, the, had the big title match, Halloween Havoc. Uh, I want to say with Becky Lynch, we mentioned the Ric Flair thing earlier as far as our placings for Ric Flair all the time. Do I change my placing yet? I don't think it's gonna. he's going to drop for you. You had him five. I had Ric Flair two. He's probably going to drop at this rate. Uh, but as far as Becky Lynch, um, Kevin, I'd like to change one thing about my top 50. I'd like to put Becky Lynch in to the top 50. I like, I'd like to take out Jerry Lawler. Um, just for me... I was thinking about this, the impact Becky Lynch has had. She's the greatest female wrestler of the modern era. And people, there are certain segments of the audience who have had a hit job campaign on Becky Lynch for years. Were there things about her on the 2K20 cover or bits of her 2019 run that are a bit eh? Yeah. But you look at as a whole body of work, she has the wrestling ability of, I mean, like a Sasha Banks who everyone loved. She has that wrestling ability. She wasn't forced the same way that Charlotte was or is. some of these other Charlotte women. Charlotte is, and that was. Like, Charlotte is still forced. Is. It's yeah. been like a decade. Still is. Sorry, pardon me. And just generally, year after year now, there's just a great body of work. I mean, the Bel Air stuff, this NXT run has been great. She's wrestled near enough everybody, and there's still matches to come against Rhea Ripley. There'll be a Jade Cargill thing. There's a lot to like, and I just think, you know, it's fair. I'll put her into the top 50, personally. I think she's had more of a legacy all time than someone like... This is the thing. Becky Lynch or Lita, who do you take all time? Becky's done more, I'd say, for being remembered for good, if you know what I'm saying. Lita, there's a lot of things about her being... Remember being a slut sort of thing, which is a bit, eh, don't know about that. Um, this being said, Kevin, I'm putting Becky Lynch into the top 50. And, yeah, her NXT stuff, it's been, it's been good putting over the future... Very unselfish of her. A lot of wrestlers wouldn't do this. And she's done good, good things to this brand. Now this brand's beating AW in ratings most weeks. Is yeah. it all because of her? No. But is she a big part of the, the women's side of it? Yes. Um, and transitioning with the women, Kevin, AW's women. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> I'll just get your, just get your <laughs> opinion. Uh, how's <laughs> AW going with their women? Well, Thunder Rosa had uh, some choice words, to say the least. Um uh i don't know how to i don't know i gotta i'm trying to be tippy toey about this i want to be very careful in how i address this situation with thunder rosa hmm well thunder rosa was nearly bullied out of the company by adam cole's fiance and her clique and all the elite's friends and all that um yeah i mean with the women's division when kenny omega was booking it i mean forget it just like you could put that in the trash you know is tony khan doing a better job than kenny omega yeah but that's like saying, are, are the Patriots a better team than the Jacksonville Jaguars? Like, it's, it's obvious, you know? Um, so it's not really... Or uh, for you, a better reference for you. That's like saying, uh, all-time, better franchise, Kings or Lakers, you know? Like, mm. that's how bad Kenny Omega was yeah. as a booker of the women's division. Garbage. So, nevertheless, we, we, we should induct you. I'm sorry. You should induct Kenny Omega's booking of a women's division into the Trashmen. Make a special wing for mm. the, the booker you know kenny omega's right hand 
and pen. Induct that into the trash bin. <laughs> Kevin, it's an exclusive club, the trash bin. You got JD McDonough, Corey Graves. Can you make this right? <laughs> I'm going to do it. Kevin, I'm going to induct Kenny Omega's right hand into the trash man. Kevin, Kenny Omega's right hand has been egregious in the past five years. Disgusting booking at the women's division. Kevin, everything involving Kenny Omega's right hand and females, I want no part of it. It's been trash. So, Kevin, with that being said, <laughs> the fact of the matter is Thunder Rosa and Kevin... I can't believe, and th- this will happen more because it's it's a click in AEW. Like traditionally in you know, in companies and in, in corporate America, just generally companies, there's usually either there's a boys club or there's a, a group who sort of run the show behind the scenes. There's politics. There's a like a, a click as there was in the '90s, the WWE with you know Nash and Michaels and Triple H and all them. There's always a sort of click in AEW. We everyone knows the clicks enshrined since day one in the management. In this case, it's the elite. And, you know, Adam Cole and his partner and Christopher Daniels and Kazarian and all these guys are, are in it. And there are wrestlers who aren't. Uh, and clearly, Thunder Rosa isn't. Uh, does this change the women's division's booking? The women's division's booking sucked regardless. Uh, to be honest, the last year, Kevin, what can I tell you from the AW women's division the past year? Tony Storm has a, a good gimmick. It, it's it's better than some of the stuff she's been involved in with like the cream pies to the face and WWE and some of the other things. But oh. yeah, uh, Soraya came out to We Will Rock You at All In. That was memorable, I guess. Um, the same Soraya who was spray painting a bunch of AW women, I guess. So Soraya spray painting like she's 1996 Hulk Hogan, I guess. That's your AW women's division. You've got Thunder Rosa disgruntled, rightfully so, because of all this stuff that's been going on, allegedly. Okay. Yeah. And then you've got Britt Baker, who... Her, all she, Kevin, has Britt Baker's character developed beyond she's a dentist and she's Adam Cole's partner, I guess. Because I remember the match where she was bleeding and then there was the shirt with her face with blood all over it. And then there was the, the, then there was a shirt with her with a black eye which was for some reason Tony Khan gave the green light to. Oh, well, if, if, a, if a man wore that shirt, it'd be fine. Yeah, because it doesn't imply the same thing, Brit, clown. When a, when a woman has a black eye, that implies so much more that's worse. Like, it's just this delusion of, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes in AEW. Just, I don't just, know. Imagine this for a moment. Just imagine this scenario, right? Picture this. Yeah. You, Jimmy, you're walking into a supermarket, right? Yeah. It's to get some chicken, get some beans, get some rice. You got to make a nice bowl for your lunch. I'm doing, I'm doing my grocery shopping, yeah. Yeah, and, and you walk up to the cash register. who's like a 23-year-old woman, let's say, you yeah. know. And you you walk up and you're smiling like, hey, how are you? And on your body, you're wearing a black shirt with a woman's face. And that woman has a black eye on it. And that's what you got on your chest. Like, to normal people, they're going to be like, wait, um, hmm. Yeah, the counter. She hit the duress alarm and say like, "Oh my God, there's there's a there's a like a woman beating crazy at the counter. Oh my God, help, help!" That's what they do. And then they thought that an AW and the people there were like, "Oh, well, what's the issue? It, it, like, just because it's a woman? Yes, because it's a woman. That's the problem." Anyway, this being said, Kevin, let's just move this on. Please. We could go on about that for ages. I just want to cut to this. 
Recently, John Moxley, this is another big thing with AW in recent years, the safety, the, the lack of a performance center, the fact they use AW Dark and Dark Elevation as their performance center, as if that was ever going to be a good idea. John Moxley recently came out calling for major changes to in-ring safety. Uh, because, Kevin, I don't know if you remember this. Wait, 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 ago, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to make sure I'm hearing you properly. John yeah. Moxley. Yep. The guy who blades when he's wrestling jobbers from Ring of Honor, from yep. the, the Fed that wrestles 20 minutes down the road in the fairgrounds in my city, guys who you never heard of, just show up on Dynamite and John Moxley's blading for them. Um, he's getting cut by pizza cutters from a, a legitimate uh, felon in Nick Gage on live TV during a pizza commercial in a picture-in-picture. Picture. Nearly got yep. a, a huge sponsorship pulled from AEW. Um, that guy is calling for in-ring safety. Kevin, yes, yes. Uh, Moxley was injured during a match on AW Dynamite last month, uh, month, which sent him to, quote, effing out of space for 10 minutes. And now he's proposing an idea for how to better protect wrestlers. And he's following up with safety measures and this sort of thing. Kevin, I'll say this. AW since day one, as we've established, they've used Dark and they've used YouTube exclusive shows as their performance center. They've never opted to really, truly care about wrestler safety. It's been go out there and do what you want. It's been go out and get your spots in, get your stuff in, pal. Make sure you get as high a star rating as possible from Dave Meltzer. That's been the culture stemming from the top with the Young Bucks. I guess now Moxley, the same guy who has you beautifully described there, puts scissors into his head, you know, puts skewers, blades against Wheeler Uta on Dark, Stuff like this, you know, gets slashed with blades every other week. I guess now him being sent to outer space for 10 minutes from a, a sickening, horrific dynamite concussion was just the final straw for him. I guess he went to another universe. He went to the good side. He just, during those 10 minutes, he was knocked out. He went to WWE and all of a sudden he saw the light and now he's back in AW. He's like, what the hell? What am I doing? What's going on? I don't know, Kevin. This is just another blistering example of why AW must change because this is just, this can't go on. Kevin, a wrestler is going to be seriously hurt. Moxley was KO'd cold in a match, pal. This is like, like to think of a real world sports equivalent for this, this is like a headhunting safety in the NFL that's known for like going helmet to helmet, giving other uh, football players, wide receivers, tight ends, concussions. Uh, on a weekly basis, coming out and being like, you know what? I don't like the NFL's safety. I don't like it. We need better protection for the players. We need better concussion protocol. Like, bro, like, th this is the this is the last possible guy you could ever want going on like a, a PSA tour, doing PR, talking about we need re better wrestler safety, better concussion protocol in wrestling. Literally the last guy in any in either wrestling company, WWE or AEW, you could possibly put as the face of that agenda. Kevin, and this is the same as the bad boy Detroit Pistons, the ones who you'd go for a layup and Bill Lambie would elbow you with the point of his elbow to the face and KO you. Or you'd go up and Sally or Rodman would slam you to the ground. It's like the, the, the bad boy Pistons demanding a safer NBA and demanding the rules are more soft. That's this. I don't know. We'll see where this goes. Is there going to become a wrestler's union, a safety 
thing? Is AEW going to implement new safety measures? Is Moxley going to change his wrestling style? No. I don't know. Probably not to any of it. I saw the story and was like, what the hell, Moxley? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. Anyway, Kevin, I'll ask you I mean, one more. It's a two-part question before we move on to our final closing around oh, the world. God. I'll ask you this. Firstly, we've discussed this for now 40 minutes. I want a definitive answer from you. Oh my God. How is AW different from 2010's TNA? What about AW is different? They've got the homegrown talent, which are now just being overshadowed by just old legends, I guess. That's in in my honest opinion, I, I think it's actually worse. Honestly. I, I really do. AEW, as in terms of young stars, potential faces of the company, they have MJF. That's it. TNA had Bobby Roode. They had AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Austin Aries, Christopher Daniels, uh, I mean, I could name like at least another three or four guys. Yeah, uh, I can't. I can't think of any more names like Alex Shelley, Chris Sabin. They had all these good homegrown talents. Hmm. AEW, they have one MJF. That's it. Kenny Omega's like forty at this point. Like, I, I think it's worse. It's worse than 2010's DNA. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to argue against, but you look at the, the homegrown talent. Kevin, the fact is, AW's been around officially for five years in, in a few months. They've been doing Dynamites for now four years plus on television. But they've been around since literally bang on the start of 2019. So in about two months, it'll be five years, pretty much officially. And besides MJF, they have failed to make any new stars. They've tried Ricky Starks, which looked good at points, and that's just fizzled out i don't know what's going on with that he's getting called a, a like a vanilla midget or something version of rock or something on uh on by edge or i don't know i don't know what's happening there who else luchasaurus he's just sort of standing near christian he's, Christian doesn't do work. Like, he's i know you can't, you can't like, take that guy serious as a main eventer wearing a dinosaur mask i don't know like sammy guevara was finished the moment those those old audio clips emerged of him talking about sasha banks he was done no matter what and, you did with him. And Darby Allen has allegations too, so it's like, yeah. Jungle Boy help. got beat up by Phil Brooks, so he's done. Jungle Boy is literally famous now, yes, for being put in a headlock by Phil Brooks, which caused a monitor to fall next to or, or on Tony Khan, which made Tony Khan believe he was going to die, which then caused Tony Khan and the AW legal team to fire Phil Brooks with cause. That being said, any other young talents are missing? I don't know. Is there Wardlow? They've dropped the ball on him badly. Yeah. Will Hobbs? They've failed him. He's those guys can be big stars in WWE. Jade Cargill? They sort of tried, but that just sort of fizzled out, and now she's in WWE with this amazing presentation. Kevin, I don't know. The point is, AW has failed, and now they're giving away Tony Khan. Not Tony Khan. They're giving away MJF versus Kenny Omega randomly on a collision on five days' notice because. They're trying to do some record verse title. Kevin, I don't know. I'll ask you one more question before we're done. Right, Kevin, I'm just about finished on this guy, Tony Khan. Can I say one thing before you ask this last question? Yeah. So the name of this podcast is WWE Has Broken Tony Khan. Yeah. Which, which we, it's very, uh, there's a very real point that you could make to, like, to, to give truth to that statement. WWE mm -hmm. has indeed broken Tony Khan. 
The Undertaker and John Cena defeating AEW Title Tuesday in the ratings sent Tony Khan a spiral in levels that we've never seen him spiral to before. I just want to say this. Has Tony Khan broken Tony Khan? Like, was, were we always destined to get to this point? When you give a, a diehard wrestling fan who, like, if you strip away everything that he is, you strip away daddy's money, Tony Khan is a wrestling fan like a lot of the other diehard AEW fans. Someone that would be using a fake account, insulting people on Twitter and Reddit. That's mm. what Tony Khan would be doing if he wasn't rich. Yeah. You know? So you give someone with that mindset a billion dollars and say, hey, go make a wrestling company. Like, could it have gone any other, other way? Like, could you have seen this going well? I just think, I mean, yes, you make a great point, but seeing this play out is just so confronting. It's just weird. This is, I mean, you know, because as is the case with life generally, when AW was on top per se and all the internet momentum was for them for three and a bit years, their honeymoon phase, if you even said something they did was okay, you were branded a hater, your opinion didn't count anymore, you knew nothing, F you, you're a WWE tribalist for just saying, I think this booking could have been done better or why do they do this instead of that? Even objective questions for three years were branded as hate by Tony Khan and everyone who was a fan. Then when the tides turn and when WWE is firing on all cylinders, booking great shows, sellouts for months, everything, Tony Khan reveals his true colors. He's just another guy on Wrestling X with 45 followers and a profile pic, you know, no profile picture sending toxic tribalist wrestling tweets. Only Tony Khan has one point something million and runs the company. Yeah. You bang on, you bang on. But Kevin, one more thing. I've just got a, a blistering way of wording this. Oh boy. I've got to ask you, Kevin. Oh man. Is the following statement fair? <coughs> AW oh, is a soulless, unsafe, high production indie that's ran by a rich kid's son who doesn't have a leadership trait in his body. Is wow. that a fair way of describing all weight wrestling after five years? Um, that's tough. That's very, that's very strongly worded. And if so, which part of that statement would you change? Because I think every part of that is bang on anyway. Well, I mean, uh, if you want me to dissect the anatomy of that sentence. Yeah, please um, do. I think soulless is a little, a little confronting. Maybe you could, you could change that to something a little safer. What's, well, what's their identity? Because once Vince McMahon was out of the A, they've had nothing. They're all like, their main thing was, we're not Vince McMahon. What do they have now? Your, your TNA Impact 2013, but worse. Wow, real compelling, Tony. Um, yeah, I think everything else is pretty, uh, pretty bang on. <laughs> uh, honestly. I mean, the, the rich kid's son who doesn't have a leadership trait in his body. Yeah, I mean, that was on full display with the way the CM Punk <laughs> thing was handled. Yeah. I mean, Vince McMahon would have been out there on, on Dynamite and be like, oh, damn it, Phil screwed Phil, pal. <laughs> So yeah, that's fair. Um, I I I think we're done here. I think we buried yeah. AEW yeah. and Tony Khan enough. Get the globe out, pal. It's time to go yeah, around I, the world. Finally, I, we say. I feel like I say this every time. I don't want to address AEW in another podcast for a while. Yeah. But every time we say that, give it two weeks, and they would have done like four new things that boggle your mind and make your WTF. What's going on? So hopefully we don't need to do another AEW show for a while. We can just focus on. I guess e- e- even if something else does happen, I don't want to do another show. Like if in three weeks Del Rio's in the Impact Zone, I don't. I'm oh not doing another. God. I'm not doing another podcast about AEW. I don't care. 
<laughs> yeah, okay, we'll, we'll do our like Survivor Series 2002, our retros, whatever. Anyway, yeah. time to go around the world, pal. Where, where are we around going, the pal? World. Where are we going? Well, Ke- what, Kevin, we're stopping in Phoenix, Arizona, if I can find it, right about there, because my Diamondbacks, who I was trashed for years, <laughs> oh, they're the worst team in the MLB. Well, Jimmy, why do you pick them for a sports team? Jimmy, the Diamondbacks suck. They're in the World Series, Kevin! Question for you. Can yep. you name, without looking it up on the internet, can you name three Arizona Diamondbacks legends? That's not the point. The point is, I support the team, and they're in the World Series. I was trashed for years. Three years ago, I sat down and said, which MLB team will I support? I looked at the standings. I knew you supported the Mets. I was like, do I support the Mets? Kevin likes them. They're decent. Maybe a bit good. Not great, but decent. Do I support them? No. The Mets suck. I'm going to support the Diamondbacks. I'm going to go... I'm in a day one Diamondback, Kevin. I'm like Jimmy Uso. I'm down since day one, minus the DUIs. I supported them from the moment they were rock bottom, Kevin. They were rock bottom, like Dwayne Johnson's finisher. And I said to myself, that's the team Jimmy's going to support. That's the team I'm going to put my stock into. And by God, Kevin, three years later, we sit here. They got screwed out of game one of the World Series. They were leading that game screwed? most of the second half. Yeah, screwed? But then they were done over. Kevin, screwed? I expect. They're pitching, I they're demand. Pitching, he threw a tomato can to Araldis Garcia. And Araldis Garcia smashed it into the third row. Like, come on. Kevin, you're destroying my narrative. The point being, screwed. give it six games. It shouldn't take that many. It should only take another four or five. The Arizona Diamondbacks will be lifting the World Series up. They will be the champions. I've been a fan since day one. Since they sucked, I've sat here watching, looking at the Diamondbacks record going, oh, they're 44 and 79. Worst record in the MLB. Oh, they lost that game 11 to 1. They lost that game 9 0. Oh, well, I'll support them through and through. And this year, they're in the World Series, and they're going to win the damn thing, Kevin. And there's no damn thing you can say about it. Your Mets, time your out, Mets, pay three hundred plus million dollars. It's my turn. The luxury it's my tax. turn. It's my turn. Now it's October twenty eighth as we're recording this. It's Halloween yep. weekend. Are, are you yep. going to be Skip Bayless tonight at a Halloween party? I mean, you got the bit down to a T. You're doing you're doing a Skip Bayless impression right now for us all. Are you gonna you gonna dress up as him tonight? You're gonna put on a Dak Prescott jersey and then in the middle of the Halloween party take it off and throw it in the trash for the eighteenth time. However, how many times he's thrown a Dak Prescott jersey? Yeah, he has done that like a million times. You're bang <laughs> on with that. No, but Kevin, I'm just so impressed by the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm proud as a fan. You still um, can't name three Diamondbacks legends. Kevin, the point isn't me naming players. It's the fact that I've supported that franchise. I I live. Eight, breathe, Diamondback. And Kevin, that being said, speaking of sports teams, I need the Diamondbacks right now because the other sp- sports teams I stick by through and through, they suck through and through. The Chicago Bulls last night had the worst game of the NBA I've ever seen against the Toronto Raptors in Chicago. The, Kevin, the score was 42 to 23 with two minutes left in the second quarter. The Bulls blew a 20-point lead at home and then we're down 20 points in the fourth quarter. Then the Raptors blew a 20-point lead. And then there was like 15 turnovers in overtime. And then the Bulls end up winning. Oh, it felt oh, like oh, a loss. And oh, the Tennessee oh. Titans suck. 
So, Kevin, I need the Diamondbacks right now. The Diamondbacks are the best team in sports. Cop that. Hold on. Okay. We well, yeah, I was gonna say I don't want to get back out, get lost in basketball. We gotta stay on baseball for a moment. Yeah. 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 The Diamondbacks are actually a great story. It's actually like legitimately good baseball story to see them in, yep. in the World Series. And I'm yep. so glad I'm rooting for them because they beat the Phillies. So they they yep. knocked the Phillies out. The Philadelphia Phillies are not going to the World Series thanks to the Diamondbacks. So I really can't say anything bad about them. I'm not going to trash them. Um, yep. You know, actually, I apologize. I'm going to formally apologize to the Diamondbacks fan base for trashing them a number of months ago when the Mets were riding high and the Diamondbacks were at the bottom of the, the standings. Things have turned around. Uh, the Diamondbacks stepped up and defeated the evil Philadelphia Phillies. So I have to apologize to them. I- I'm rooting for them. I- you know, I mean, like, I mean, I actually, I don't know. I wouldn't say I'm ro- rooting for them to win. I don't really have a dog in the fight. Like, I like the Rangers. Corey Seager's great. Corey I don't like the Rangers. The Rangers suck. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't offer this. Uh, the- the- this is this is silly, but it's a great World Series. Uh, last night's game was amazing. So yeah, but formally Kevin, apologize to the Diamondbacks fans, pal. Kevin, I, I, I've got, it's got to be said. You asked me name players. I'll, I'll just say this: my favorite Diamondback is Kyle Nelson. Like that guy. That guy is a baller, shot caller. And Kevin, one more thing. I, I was going to say to you before we get out of here, close this podcast. This has been a blistering podcast. This yeah. has been fifty minutes, all killer, no filler. Yep. Some scathing rants. Which, as I said, hopefully we don't have to address for months because I'm I'm sick of talking about this clown over an AW. But Kevin, with this being said, I've got one more thing to say to you, pal. Are you ready? Kevin, you know what they say. When it comes crashing down and it hurts inside, finish the sentence for me, pal. <laughs> oh man, no, all right. Now, now you, you gotta take a stand right. and hurt the hide, pal. All right, this is all right. Stop. That's enough. That's enough. Let me let me take your microphone. That's enough. You're gonna get us canceled. Somebody cut his live mic, pal. <laughs> next, next week around the world, we'll talk more NBA. Uh, we gotta get there because I, I want to address the the Chicago Bulls franchise being cheap and trading away Demar Derozan to avoid paying paying luxury taxes. Uh, I just want to talk about Chicago sports in general. I want to have a ruthless conversation about all of Chicago's uh, sports teams. But yeah, yeah. we're out of here. We'll talk to you guys in the next one. Peace. Easy. Peace.